0: What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. A little bit of a different intro this week. It was Houston hate night, and I'm recording this after the Phillies lost Game 5 of the World Series. 3-2. to Houston's up 3-2 going back to Houston. The Eagles... Do win against the Houston Texans, twenty nine to seventeen. You are going to hear it in the episode. I guess that's a part of the actual intro of Matt and I talking about the Phillies and the Eagles. We then dive into the college football poll. We dive into the rest of NFL Week Nine, and um, I am going to. I I promised in the episode that I was going to do this a little recap of both games. And um, you can hear it in my voice. I'm not too pleased with the results of tonight. The Eagles obviously win, which is great. But the Phillies lose 3-2. Bullpen game. And honestly, a bullpen game that you could have been happy with. Three runs to the Houston Astros. And um, you're going to hear this a lot that I keep Mixing up Astros and Texans because it was Houston hate night. But, Phillies lose 3-2. to two. Early run in the, in the first inning for both teams. The Astros got on early. Altuve with a double that turns into a three-bagger via a bobble from Brandon Marsh. Then the Kyle Schwarber home run ties it up. A Jeremy Pena home run that gets Thor out of the game in the fourth inning. And then, um, you know, the top of the Astros lineup, a hard hit ball to Reese that he can't field with the runners on the corners. And um, he he gets an out, you know. But if he makes that play, who knows? Who knows if Altuve ends up scoring, if they get the out and that's that's the biggest thing is is, is who knows Phillies end up getting getting a run and getting close a number of times, twelve total runners left on base, and you know it it's just a real kick in the nuts, real kick in the pants of this game of Hoskins, Castellanos, both with opportunities. And come up short. And the Phillies now go down 3 2. They're facing Falmer Valdez in game six against Zach Wheeler. We talked about it in the episode of Zach Wheeler's arm. Not sure what to think there. What's going to happen in that game? If they somehow win that and you have Ranger Suarez in game seven, who the hell knows? But now you need to go into Houston. And win two games. And if you're an optimist, which I try to be. I try to be the pessimist sometimes. I try to be really the objective down the line. The Astros or the Nationals did it two years ago, right? Or three years ago. COVID throwing me off and all this stuff. Um, But, you know, this is the Phillies. Nothing comes easy. And uh, sorry for the somber voice. Because I'll talk about the Eagles win. I will. I'll talk about the Eagles win before I finish this intro, but tonight was about the Phillies. And, man, did they miss it. They missed the opportunity. You can talk about the no-hitter in game four. And, you know, they, they had bases loaded. They had runners in scoring position. Gene Segura finally in the eighth inning gets a hit. It had been over 20 batters with runners in scoring position they hadn't gotten a hit and the Phillies finally do and you're feeling great bullpen comes up and for the most part picks up Thor the sir Anthony staying in for multiple innings had worked out and he you know you know he doesn't work out and they bring in Robertson and the Phils just they they couldn't get it done they they came up short and as positive as I want to be about the season, a team that didn't even have a shot at the end of May by Memorial Day, post Memorial Day, May thirtieth, I talked about it. Talked about it on this podcast. I exercised the bullpen and all that, and uh, you know they make it all the way to the World Series, and it feels great that they did that. And I'm sure when we do the divisional previews for 2023, I'm gonna feel great of being. Thinking, oh, National League champions, they won two games. But, God damn, did that, did they have an opportunity there? You can say what you will with Game 4. The NOLA, the Alvarado hitting a guy, the no-hitter, but Game 5, they had a real opportunity. And they squandered it. And now you go to Houston. And, and maybe, maybe it's, I'm coming on Sunday night with a completely different attitude and maybe they pulled it off and it'll be great if they do. But man, man, oh man, does tonight stink. Again, the Eagles won. The Eagles, for the first time ever, are 8-0 and the Phillies are down 3-2 and I'm feeling this way. It's obvious this way, the the podcast is called the bullpen cart The Phillies are my favorite of the four teams And for the first time in this podcast history The Phillies not only make the playoffs But make the World Series And that's where we are The Phillies are now a game away from losing In the World Series They won the National League and that's great But it still sucks You know, I talked to Emily, third and girl, she's all pumped. She's saying, record this in the morning. I don't like when you're being negative and all this stuff. And, um, you know, that's what you, the listeners, deserve. And a lot of you are Phillies fans. Greg always points that out when he comes on here. Oh, it's Philly specific. And I try try to be more national to appease to friends from college, friends from high school that aren't Philadelphia people. But, man... A lot of you are Philly people, and a lot of you are my friends from either college or high school or from wherever, and you're feeling the same way I am. You know, it's it's 1240, now on Friday morning, but, uh, you know, Thursday night, Houston hate night, we wore red, as the Texans asked us to do. You'll hear us talk about that, me and Maddie D in the episode, but man... Oh, there's so much that you can dive into with it. And the bullpen outside of Thor, and even Thor. Thor did his job. He let up two runs in three-plus innings. And they let up that one run with a Reese bungled first-base play. Another short hopper. You saw it in Game 2. And if you want to blame Reese for Game 2, the Reese haters are going to. If you don't hate Reese, you're not, because Valdez was dealing but either way, tonight, whether you think Altuve is going to be safe at home or not, you got Valdez in game six. And it's the same thing a week later with Wheeler on the mound. And we talk about it in the episode later with me and Matty D, again, recorded way before the games, but about how Wheeler had this throughout the year of the arm fatigue and all that. And hopefully. He looks good. Wheeler shows up as classic Wheeler. This is the situation you want, right? The guy who you paid all the money to, and not that the money really counts in baseball because there's no salary cap, but you pay a guy for that. And let's forget the Castellanos of it all. The guy who grounds out at the end of the game, goes to offer and you know. All this Harper walks for the third time. I mean, Jesus, I'm not even talking about the defensive plays Trey Mancini play, Chas McCormick play. I mean, they just had it, they had it throughout the night. Great defensive plays, specifically when it mattered most. And you know, the Phillies just didn't have it, (laughs) and they need to be more than perfect. To win the World Series. And the bats need to come the fuck alive. And they did a little bit tonight. Two runs. Gene Segura finally had his moment. Kyle Schwarber after saying I don't give a shit. Don't give a damn. Whatever the hell he said. Has the home run. But man. Do I feel shitty tonight. But the Eagles did win. Let's talk about that. And then we'll send you off into the episode that Maddie D and I recorded Eagles win 29 to 17 this was a close one Emily and I went out with some friends watched both games we went out to a bar in Contra Hocken to watch the games and it was a good time and you know it's 1-1 in the Phillies game and then the Eagles go down 7 nothing early. It's 14-7. to seven. And then the Texans, with really minimal time left, 43 seconds in the second quarter, tie it up. It looks like it might not be a touchdown, but it was. You know, the ball hit the ground. Thought maybe, maybe it might stand. It was ruled an incomplete pass. But, you know, he made the catch. They said that he held it through. And it's, it's the right call. You know, the... All-time, I don't even remember who made this take originally. I hear it on part of my take all the time. But the if you ask somebody that doesn't watch sports, was this a catch? And they say, yes, it should be a catch. That's what it looked like on the replay. You could see the tail end of the ball hit it. Doesn't ultimately matter, though. Eagles very quickly in the third quarter. A.J. Brown says, you know, play time's over. Let's get this thing done. Go up 24 or 21 to 14. Texans make it a little closer. Eagles really had control of this game. Only let up three three points in the second half, somewhere where a lot, of, a lot of people want to be negative about the Eagles in that regard. And Dallas Goddard had a big game. Miles Sanders had a big game. You know, you gotta feel positive about the Eagles. Again, I, I still sound somber here with everything that's happened with the Phillies, but first time ever in franchise history, they're 8-0. And they go into this. They're in a really great position. And, you know, the Eagles are there, at least. At least Dallas and, and New York are off this week, the Giants. And they'll, they'll be two games back, no matter what. They'll be two games back through bye weeks. And we can hold our hat there. But, God damn, the Phillies. Well... Without being too negative, let's kick it over to the rest of the show. It's me and Matty D talking a little bit of a preview for Game 5 and what could potentially happen in the rest of the series for the World Series. And the Eagles talking about some injuries. We, and I've I've talked about this a couple times, Matt obviously having a kid, his time is very limited with everything there. He's super busy at work. I'm super busy at work. So not the longest episode. You probably noticed this, that at this point, I've been talking for almost 15 minutes. And that's close to, if not more than a quarter of the episode. We try. We try our best. That's why Matty D's been spotty when he comes on. And I try to get other people on to talk about, you know, whatever's going on, the Phillies, the Eagles, and everything else. Matt's opinions with college football and everything are there and are so valuable. We try to cover that. We talk about the first college football playoff poll, why I'm fired up about it, why I think the poll is dumb at times, especially the early polls. The later polls I I get, the early polls I think are dumb, and you're going to hear why. I don't want to give it away. We talk about NFL Week 9, some of the good games. A lot of them aren't really that great, to be entirely honest. Again, different opinion I could have Sunday night. I will try my best on Sunday to talk about whatever happens in the World Series and maybe talk a little little NFL recap. Maybe try to do that. Maybe maybe that could be a new fixture. I keep saying that. I said that about the post-Philly Series, and that didn't really pan out the best how I thought it would. But any which way, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. I know. I've been talking for 15 minutes. And I haven't even said that But make sure that you subscribe to the podcast The Bullpen Cart, wherever you get your pods ThunderBLG on Twitter Thunderblog Sports on Instagram We're not great from social media Hopefully we can try better With the Flyers and the Sixers And everything going there But let's jump into the rest of the episode Enjoy the weekend Even with the Phillies On the brink of elimination The Eagles are 8-0 Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. The namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. We are doing some fun V-Tailgate as well. Quick episode before... Hate Houston night. World Series Game Five, Eagles at the Texans. Matt, I'm gonna introduce you this way. Are you following what the Texans asked us all to do? Are you wearing red?
1: <laughs> um, I was wearing red. Um, I wore Phillies gear to work today, you but go. I got home and I took it off because my house is like a thousand degrees. I'm currently wearing green. Yeah. So supporting the other team playing tonight yes um yes so kind of kind of just i uh, had red on early but yeah i'll be back on and it'll, it'll be back on later just to be clear
0: oh yeah um yeah mm-hmm. i just threw on my Phillies jersey on top of a green shirt because i had my uh i had an Eagles shirt on for those that don't know what i was talking about the houston texans who the philadelphia eagles are playing 15 minutes actually technically 12 minutes after game five begins in philadelphia the Texans sent a little reminder to their fans, asking them to wear red tonight, which the Phillies and all sorts of Philadelphia social media took very well, as you might imagine. But we are here in the fifth game of the World Series. Matt, we, you and I have not really talked about the Phillies throughout our football coverage. We're going to talk about the Eagles, too. The Phillies were up 2-1. They lose last night. They get no hit. How you feeling Coming into Thursday night, Thor on the Mound Powder Blue Jerseys, what are the vibes like in the Stefano household?
1: Well, I mean concerning. Yes. So, I I think we forget this is a really good Astros team. So, we have to take into account a little bit the fact that like we are playing one of the best teams in baseball top to bottom and, you know, I, I do we I don't think we're out of it by any means, right? Yes, they know hit this last night, the night before we smoked them, right? So uh, you know, the first night we came back, the second night they you know they kind of dominated. So it's been a seesaw series. It looks it's obviously going decently the distance, right? At least six games at this point. Yep. Um, you know that being said, I I do feel like tonight has become a must win for the Phillies because of the way because it's two three two, right? Unlike the NHL or the NBA where you kind of go back like that makes it really challenging to then go to Houston. Now, granted, it, you know, you, you're going to get most likely your best pitcher on the in game six, but you know, Noah Syndergaard needs to, needs to bring it tonight, but he's not going to be the deciding factor. Correct. It's going to be the bat. It's going to be the bats for us, right? It's, We're not a great, we are not, we've made some great defensive plays. We're not a great defensive. Team. We have had some good pitching. We're not a pitching powerhouse. We are a powerful offense that can score runs in bunches we need to get on the board and and if we do that if we score early right if we can keep Verlander winless in the World Series right we're we're gonna have a really good shot at game five and then going with a lot of potential in game six with Wheeler on the mound
0: yeah so I think you hit the nail on the head looking at last night obviously Nola no so the Nola dropped the turd he let's Call a spade a spade. That was a mid-season Aaron Nola start. He had four good innings, blew up in the fifth inning. Sometimes it had been the sixth inning in the middle of the season. So you kind of knew that was coming. Obviously, the first game didn't go great either. So now it's three straight straight games in a row. The NLCS game is similar to last night where it was a couple good innings. And then it just unraveled. But, you know, as you just said, the offense had to get going. You can be mad at that. You can be mad for Jose Alvarado coming in and Beaning the guy, very similar to the NLCS game, by the way, of Brad Hand comes in, beans the lefty, the reason why he got brought in, and then the other team tees off. Um, but the offense just got to get going. And this is, you know, it's very similar to various points in the Philly season where the offense is purring one game and then, you know, it's completely gone the next day. And, you know, I think it was, it was encapsulated best with the Gene Segura lineout in the eighth inning of just. You know, the expected batting average was like 900 and somebody, one of the national baseball counts. I don't think it was Cespedes Family Barbecue, but it was one of those types. Goes like, you know, some nights it's just not your night. And, you know, it it just wasn't. And it sucks you got no hit. It's second time in the season the Phillies got no hit. Obviously the second no hitter in the World Series, the third in the playoffs, second straight postseason no hitter at Citizens Bank Park. So (laughs) there's something there. But, yeah, you're exactly right. I think you know, what we saw from the first game with Verlander, you kind of figured they needed to get through. And I said this at the beginning of the game, they needed to get through the lineup at least once. And they did that and they, they teed off on it. Now they've seen him. So you need to see how they're going to come out tonight, especially with a crowd that's expecting a bounce back. As soon as they get a base hit, that place is going to start to bubble up. And as soon as they cross the home plate for the first time, you know, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get some things going, but, On the other side of it, you have Syndergaard going, and this calls back to Game Four of the NLCS, where it was Bailey Falter in the bullpen game, who is not in the not in the World Series roster. So they only have two left-handed pitchers, both of whom went last night. But you know they got down early, and then the offense just knew they come in with a mindset of we got to get going and we got to get it. We got to get going early. So if they can do that tonight, they have a really good shot. And as for tomorrow with Wheeler. You know, a lot of people are concerned, you know, the he got delayed into game two of the World Series and the arm fatigue and everything there. This is kind of what's happened throughout the year. And obviously he hit the IL for a little bit. And I don't know, is that is that something you're concerned about with the velocity and everything there? Because even in game five of the NLCS, there was that, but he looked good. So what is your thought there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's concerning because it came up earlier this year, right? And the loss of velocity. And, you know, he's got to get extra rest right you know because he's not going tonight off day tomorrow so saturday he gets the ball the ball like you you think he'll bounce back but he's had the injury before Mm -hmm. so uh, it's definitely concerning you know that's something that rob thompson's thinking about he's probably thinking can i get six innings out of wheeler right um as opposed to say seven um and i think he's probably in the right mindset if that's what he's thinking um because i think that's what you're gonna get It's it's Granted, you know, if we can find our way into Game Seven, you can give me Ranger Game Seven. I'm not opposed to that. You know, he he had a lot of success, and he's only going to give you five innings. But he's another. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not like we're going to have to start. You know, Gibson, Cindergard, or fault like Falter on like the seventh game. But
0: yeah. um, Falter's not even on the roster, so you can't start him. That's right. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Who's
1: the other guy I'm thinking of
0: today? Is it that the five starters? You could. I, just I mean, put him on Eflin. The Eflin's been a starter, but when he got back from the IL, he's been in the bullpen. So like. Right. You know, he only pitched one inning last night at uh and you know, you'd think maybe he goes. I would think Alvarado can go again tonight, and you think he's gonna come in. Sir Anthony has not been seen since the first game. He's gone multiple innings and multiple postseason outings. So tonight, just the way that they, they go, and I wanna see that same managerial style that Thompson did in the last bullpen game of just be aggressive, continuously you know, use these guys. And then tomorrow we'll figure it out. And that's that's how he's been doing. He's riding by the seat of his pants, and you know it. it sh- hopefully, can work that way. It should work at least that the the you're not completely fucked. Where Nick Nelson's coming in in a high leverage situation. At least you're not hoping that's the case. I'm glad we got. Yeah, I'm not really glad we got to see him once. I should revise that sentence. But I'm glad that it was in a non-high leverage situation. <laughs> you know, Right, right. You just throw him away. There you go. Belotti's looked a lot better. It's worth noting, Connor Brogdon looks like August and early September Connor Brogdon pre-Cubs series when he lost all of his yeah, confidence. He does. So mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. But kind of circling back on that, last night felt a lot like after that Cubs series. For those maybe jumped on the Phillies bandwagon late the Phillies, got not only swept with about a week and a half left in the season, but they got season swept by the Chicago Cubs, who were not very good this year. You know, only oh so many years removed from being always a contender. Obviously the World Series six years ago, but the the vibes were low when they got swept by the Cubs and it felt like they were going to blow it. And it, it feels kind of like that coming out of this. So it's the same pit in my stomach feeling I've had going into game one, into game three. We'll see if that vibe carries over but we will see. You know, obviously they lose it tonight. You're going against Valdez at home for him on Saturday night. Similar situation as game two. And hopefully now that they've seen him a little bit, maybe they can catch him. But you feel a lot better with a little more house money and up 3-2 and not down 2-3. Right? Yeah. Yep. No. Mm-hmm.
1: So Yeah, I mean.
0: I... No, no, you go. I was about to ask if you had any I, last thoughts. I, no. We
1: no, I think, like I said, I think tonight's the game. If you win tonight, you put yourself in a really good position. Obviously, right? It's a given. But if it was – if if we had another home game, I would disagree, right? Yeah. I just think – I think we're going to struggle to win two in a row in Houston. Correct. Um, you know, our offense is better here. So we need tonight to be the big night. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, and we mentioned it before. We're going to transition. Obviously, quicker show, you know, the show notes of – You know, we're obviously both very busy with work and Matt with his child and all that. Um, This also will be very funny because, Matt, I'm going to do a little after both the Phillies game and the game we're about to talk about, do a little, you know, discussion of it uh, as I do the intro and all that. But um, so this this all this whole conversation might be very funny one way or the other. You're going to hear either depressed or very excited Jordy. And the other half of that is the Eagles in Houston. To play the Texans, kicking off week nine in the NFL. Eagles come into this game undefeated. Matt, after all the talk of the Eagles haven't played anybody, it came out today. Twelfth, twelfth hardest schedule in the NFL right now. So shut up, Dallas who, by the way, the whole jumping back after we beat Cooper Rush or the Eagles beat Cooper Rush. Oh, yeah, he was backup quarterback. You were fucking, you won four games in a row. Shut the fuck up. Eagles 13 and a half point favorite, Matt. I don't think it's really a question, although we had this against um, against who's not Cooper Rush, the other backup Dallas guy a couple years ago when the Cowboys were Uh-oh. really bad. Um, oh, hang
1: on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I know I can picture him. I can too. Um, starts with the D maybe?
0: D- uh no, not D. I I was about to say Davis Mills. That's the that's the Texans no, guy. It's Tonight it's tonight. Um, Hang on. I'll get there. Yeah, Keep we'll going. get there. I'll but get it's 13 and a half point yeah, yeah, yeah. favorite. Davis Mills at the helm. Texans they got some rookies, no-branded cooks tonight. So that's a positive towards the Eagles as we're trying to figure out this quarterback this former Dallas Dallas quarterback's name. Nat, how do you feel going into this? I think we can feel safe that ben it's a DiNucci. win. Ben Denucci, Ben Denucci, Gucci Denucci. That's what Did it I'm was. I'm right. Um, yeah, 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 there you go. You were right. It was Go good. ahead. Sorry. Yo, sorry. I was asking, though. How do you feel? I, th- I, I don't want to sound too cocky because I think it's a win, but do we think it's you know Thursday night people come out slow or does Jalen Hurts put on a show tonight in Houston? Well,
1: it's been – Look, before people get too you up, know, this is a, a well-coached Houston team that has a decent amount of veterans, right? So, you know, there's no pushover game in the NFL. This isn't college. Yeah. Um, I, that being said, I do think I do think we just match up well. I think defensively, Brandon Cooks isn't playing tonight due to some kind of team-related personal issues. He wanted to be traded. He wasn't, so you won't see him on the field. So their wide receiver core is very limited. You know, I like their rookie running back, Damon Pierce, but he is not – against his defense, he's not, he shouldn't be able to do enough to overwhelm. Um, and then defensively, you know, the, Derek Stingley's look nice for them, but they're not exactly loaded on defense either. So I don't know if we cover it's hard. That's a big spread to cover, especially to on the road. Out. And on Thursday night, do I think we win? Absolutely. I don't think this is the game that gets you. I'm not even really sure it's a trap game. Cause I believe next week we play the commanders. Mm-hmm. So I don't even see it as a trap game,
0: um, for us, um,
1: You know, but I I I do think.
0: Sorry for interrupting you. Scheduling teams on Thursday night and then they play Monday night the next week. The Bears did that. You know, we've had a lot of these this season. Yeah, I don't know. The Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. except
1: yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I guess maybe they're doing that. Maybe they're doing it on purpose now. So yeah. Um, But I think the offense rolls here. I I think there's so many weapons. um, You know, very impressed. When you think of the big – kind of the big three passing weapons in Brown, obviously, who's been more worth his weight in gold than that first-round pick we gave up for him, and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. I would love to see maybe a Quez Watkins get a little bit involved. Back, would Zach love to Paschal. See Zach Paschal. He's got a touchdown. but yeah, right. you know, He's a touchdown, yeah. But Quez really just has that one catch, right? Mm-hmm. That's all he's got, that one catch. Not that it was a bad catch, um, but that one catch, yeah. So –
0: are you worried at all? Um, Obviously, I think the defense will be fine tonight, especially with the the lack of a receiving core. I feel like you can really stack the box a little more. Are you worried with Jordan Davis hitting the IR and that that might show anything because of you know the differences he's shown when he's on the field?
1: It, it really affects. So the effect it's going to have is it's going to force Jordan Hargrave, Javon Hargrave, excuse me, um, you know, to play more with Fletcher Cox. The other look it kind of hurts us with is we've been kind of running a hybrid, almost like a, almost like a, a five man front with yeah. Hassan Reddick.
0: yeah, a little five um, too, or
1: or or even a, th- a three man front with Reddick standing up. So you've got you know you'll have Graham and and Sweat and Davis on the field because Davis is a space eater. Um, you know I think it's a big, it's a bigger, it's only for you know four to six weeks, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's a bigger loss than people give her credit for because it take Javon Hargrave has been arguably statistically maybe our best pass rusher this year he's had a really good season very disruptive he's now going to have to take on more of that run stuffing role so it's fletcher you're going to have to see a little bit more from you know milton williams um the usc nose tackle whose last name i'm going to butcher but it's like tia tupalu um you're going to see more of them oh but this is a great opportunity for robert quinn to get some more time right to understand because now maybe, maybe you slide brandon graham back to the inside a little bit um but I think it puts some pressure on the run defense. And I think that trickles into the pass defense, but I don't think it's a big enough injury that it totally takes us out. Like it's, you know, it's not losing um, Darius Slay or uh, Gardner Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. We, we are deep on the defensive line. um, And this is a good game to start him not being in because they don't have a great passing offense. So you're going to think, okay, well, they're going to run, run it a lot. Let's see how we do against that. So, You know, it's more concerning for some of the bigger games. Derrick Henry comes to town. We'll play Titans. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we might go there. But anyway, uh, the Titans game, uh, the Cowboys, right? The Giants. Those are the games that I'm going to be seeing the impact of, of No. Davis more. I think. Yeah. Uh, but we have the the big guys to handle his his you know four week ish Uh, you know, uh, injury. Yeah, totally. So any but last thoughts? I'm, some... I'm bum for Jav- I'm bummed for Javon Hargrave because he's playing his way into a contract extension and I hope he can keep doing it even with, you know, anyway. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. Let's -hmm. keep it moving. We'll come back to the NFL as we normally do with the football show, Matt. We start with college. Now it's our third topic, but I like us doing the Eagles first with the football, but with college, the first college football playoff rankings came out this week, Tennessee one, Ohio state two, Georgia three, Clemson four with Michigan and Bama as the next two now Matt I don't think they're wrong in those top four teams but I got a problem with it but I want to hear your thoughts on it first
1: okay um I have uh, I can't I don't understand Clemson at number
0: four yeah that's one. and I'm
1: not necessarily even vouching for. Michigan at number four I, I think they probably deserve it uh I know why maybe they aren't there the, the real reason that I I struggle with Clemson I've watched lost Clemson play Th- they haven't been good they, they haven't have been lost. dominating teams at all right and not even good teams theoretically right I mean the ACC is not what we thought they were going to be um yeah dude they should have lost to Wake Forest I mean they, they've had a they quarterback the Syracuse. controversy Syracuse screwed. they should have lost to scare right so, and Syracuse I'm really Notre Dame,
0: so that's not as good of a yeah. win anymore that you barely beat them.
1: Really surprised. I also will say this. I, I'm a little surprised with Georgia being three. I, I don't know what they've done to not deserve the number one slot. They,
0: really they beat Missouri.
1: Oregon. They really, they, destro- they destroyed Oregon. Yeah. I, I, I understand, but they obliterated Oregon. Who's up to number eight. Right. Yep. Um, the first week of the season, 49 to three. Yep. And I know the Missouri game was close. Other than that, they've thumped teams. They just beat a talented Florida team. easily. I know this is about to get decided on the field. Right. But you know, I mean, Tennessee, like, you know, Pitt's ranked, but they beat Pitt by just a touchdown. Right. Mm-hmm. So they've had some, they've had some close games, right. They barely beat Florida who's come way down. Now they've got the quality win at LSU. They obviously beat Alabama. They beat a hobbled Kentucky team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna hash it out in the field, right? Um, the positive is, you know, that Michigan has a way back in, right? If they beat Ohio State, they're back in. Yep. So, that's that. But I, I would have done Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. I guess Clemson gets slotted at fifth only because I don't know enough. TCU has just had some really high-scoring shootouts that they've yeah. won. Um I, I probably just – I would probably flip Georgia to one, Tennessee two, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Clemson five, Alabama I keep at six, and I do TCU at seven. Um, but they have a good path in as well at this point.
0: So here's my problem. So okay. and this is kind of a defense of Clemson being in there even though I don't think they're the fourth best team in the country. The Tennessee-Georgia thing, they're playing this weekend, right? So you're right. It's going to get decided on the field. What annoys me about the college football playoff rankings at the start of it is that they put the bracket up. So, if you're really telling me, you're implying that this is what it would look like if the play, you know, when the playoffs start, and it's this if the playoffs start today, bullshit, which is, you know, it is bullshit, right? Because they're going to play this weekend. Again, you and like, I get it. You don't want to make a prediction. But if you're going to say and put a bracket up, then why are you having two teams that are playing each other where they're in? The, like, unless you think that Georgia is going to beat Tennessee and then lose to Alabama or something like that, then what? You're going to have three teams in? That's why Alabama's not that far down, you know? And then same thing with TCU being undefeated. Like, I don't think they're better than Bama, but like, where are you going with this? It just They did it the first year with Auburn and Mississippi State where they were like two and four, and it always has annoyed me that they do that. And I know it's like not the biggest gripe in the world because it's the bigger gripe is I think Clemson being in the four in the four spot right now, sure. but it's just always annoyed me that you're going to do that because then what like ten the loser of Tennessee Georgia is going to be fifth sixth maybe behind Bama like I, I don't know what you're doing here because well how not- can you
1: rank how can you rank Tennessee behind Alabama if they lose this weekend right exactly yeah
0: because, granted granted because you lost later I, right even though
1: like, you beat them well. I would say this, Tennessee, they barely beat, they beat Alabama by a, a late field goal, right? Sure. By the way, it was not a very pretty field goal. I know it went in, right? It's college they football. They beat no, Alabama. No more field than... goals are pretty <laughs> in
0: college football. Hey,
1: hey, Moody, watch Michigan's boy. He's firing. Anyway, um, I say that because it's a very close loss. So I, I, I'm okay with Bama staying high and staying over TCU because I, they they barely lost on the road. To the number one team in college football, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think I think if Tennessee loses, I think they drop to fifth, and everybody yeah, Michigan, slides yeah, up. Michigan
0: slides yeah. up, and, save,
1: yeah. and now Georgia would be a little different. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe Georgia If drops Georgia to wins. They're number Alabama. one. I think
0: whoever wins this is number one sure. at the end of the week.
1: I would yeah. agree with that. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I think Ohio I mean, State. Yeah. Like
0: they're playing Northwestern this weekend. They clearly take these you know as is, and they claim to tear it down and build it back up every week but I don't think they actually do but um yeah it just it annoys me when they when they do this and they put the don't put the bracket up just say it's the rankings right now that's all you need to do and I'm not going to be as annoyed I think what bothers
1: me is like there was no doubt Ohio State was in but their best win what's their best win is it week one against number five Notre Dame who's not Not number five anymore yeah right so if that's what you're basing it off of they and they won a close game, twenty-one to ten. You know the Penn State victory it
0: was a lot was a closer. good victory.
1: It was a it was lot closer. closer to the score. I watched the game. Right? I watched the game, it's too. A lot closer, it's a lot closer than the score. So if you're gonna if you're gonna rank Ohio State at number two because of its pedigree, which is essentially I think what and they're that's saying, what Clemson's doing, yeah. But what about Georgia? They they're the, they're the defending national, national champions. champions. Yeah, you could argue they're better, and you're gonna hit them for one close game. In an SEC opponent, I know they're not good. They still won, they still won the game. So, and they dismantled an Oregon team that looks that looks like a steamroller and that's that can create eight. noise. Yeah, that could, that has a has also has a shot at the. Their, their argument is it was Week One. Bo Nix was new, right? Now we're dominating.
0: So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy too. Just because like you know there was the stat forever that number fourteen you know, made the playoffs every year for the first like two or three years. Kansas State has two losses. They're not getting in. LSU is tenth. They have two losses. They're not getting in.
1: L- LSU is a super long shot.
0: I will say this though: LSU. If LSU if beats Bama way, and then wins the, the SEC, well, like it you're going to see it. the Penn State scenario from 2016. They there are two loss team that won it. Like maybe it's the SEC, so it's different. And but... they
1: got they got thumped by Tennessee. Yeah, like they it was and, and it wasn't a close game. So like I don't know how you say that. Yeah, I, so we always talk about this question, like who still has a lane? Um, I think I think UCLA, LSU, Oregon, Ole and Miss, USC. Dark,
0: dark horse, Ole Miss. <laughs> Ole Miss is tough part, right? Because the that bad their loss, yeah, It's a bad loss. But well, they win actually, the they, SEC. They, no,
1: no, 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 no. Let me rephrase that. They lost to LSU. They're going to need LSU to keep winning. Yeah, but they the play Joker, and they, they, the Joker. Yeah. They play and they play Alabama next week, right? So that's their shot. Um, you know, that's really their, their one really big opportunity. You know, they're a good team. But I think I think UCLA, whose sole loss is to Oregon, USC. You know, USC has a tough loss, but, like, they're talented enough. They lost to Utah. So those are some one, – by one point. But those are some one-loss teams. The, the Pac-12 is not dead yet. I know. I think UCLA, USC, wanna, and Oregon I want to call it dead. It's one
0: of my favorite weeks of the uh, year.
1: They, if they win out – one of those teams wins out they're going to be very much so in the conversation um, I would agree too for, and that's for what, a spot
0: that's what annoys me is that if you want to have these dumb rankings then put the four teams that you think are yeah. going to be in it which again you can't mm-hmm. do with how good Georgia and Tennessee are even though you know now you've, you've flip flopped who is who and Georgia's favored in that game but like you know it's just if you're going to be stupid just be really dumb with it and really get people pissed off and throw like Oregon in there I don't know Right, right. <laughs> like, that's my point. If you're going to do the stupid bracket graphic and then have the guy come on the show, I, I wasn't watching because of the Phillies, but, like, they always bring in the, the head of the committee and yada, yada and do all that shit. Then just be really dumb and be like, hey, here's, here's who the best team from four of the Power Five conferences are. There you go. And now people are pissed off that Clemson's number, or is number three and Georgia's sixth or whatever, however the hell you're going to do it. Probably fifth because I don't know if you'd put them ahead of what TCU. Yeah, they're the f- they're the fifth team. Um, but yeah, they'll just be really dumb. I don't know. That's my big problem with it. So we mentioned we keep mentioning it. Georgia versus Cle- uh Georgia versus Tennessee this weekend. Georgia is favored in this showdown at UGA by more than a touchdown. What do we think of this game? Wait, who's
1: favored? Say that again.
0: Georgia is favored by eight points. Oh, I,
1: I thought you said you, you you you. I thought I didn't hear you say Tennessee. I thought you said you UGA. Yeah, um, I think I think that that line should tell you all you need to know about why the rankings are wrong. Now I know it's at Georgia, right? Yeah, right. But they're so really, giving it's them a, a five-point
0: neutral site. Yeah,
1: they're, but they're 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 giving them essentially a touchdown. Um, the, the number one team is is not favored again. I I think that shows Georgia is. I think people haven't watched Georgia this year. And I'm not saying they're going to win, right? I think Tennessee's very talented. They've got uh, a dynamic offense, offensive with passing game and a really good defense. Mm -hmm. This Georgia team is arguably as good, if not better, than last year's team. They Mm -hmm. have a tight end that is going to go very high. They have a baller at quarterback. They've got a deep running game. They've got a number of good wide receivers. Their offensive line is loaded. Their defense has studs all over the place. Even though they just drafted half of them last year, mm-hmm. this is a really talented Georgia team that's kind of been quiet. Right? They've kind of been just rolling um, and not rolling. I, I know they struggled against Missouri, but you know, at the end of the day, if that's their worst game, if they win out, I mean, I think Georgia wins this game. I think they're better than I Tennessee. Think so too. Yeah. I think Tennessee's high water mark was the Alabama game. Yeah. So. I I would even consider taking, a, a covering. I think Georgia might cover. They might win by two touchdowns.
0: I've, I think they're
1: that talented. I
0: think they cover, and I think the over of sixty six and a half does not hit. That is my prediction on the game.
1: Ah, interesting. I could see that. I it's think Georgia's defense. Football, but I
0: think it's college football, so there's a lot of touchdowns. But I think Georgia's defense just shows up. Steps up to the yeah. plate,
1: right? I yeah. think you gave
0: mm-hmm. them so much bolt and board material. To like, step up and just step on their throats. I'd love to see yeah. the opposite because I love seeing new teams in the college football playoff. Sure. Specifically, yeah. the college football playoff. But it's just hard to think. And then on the other side of the SEC, you have Alabama-LSU. Where LSU all of a sudden now is looking good. But they're almost a two-point or two-touchdown underdog. Is this going to even be fun to watch? <laughs> no. <laughs> I agree I mean. With I mean, maybe. All right, it's, eh. I don't know. LSU had some scrappy wins, but I, I just don't see it. I'm I not. I, what, I'll though. watch a little there's bit some, of it because it's before the. There's Philly's some start. offensive
1: talent there, and Alabama can't figure out how to play, how to, how to play pass defense right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, last mile. I mean, not less miles. Um, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, excuse me. Um, he's got this team playing good, good football. They've got some some high level draft talent, especially on the offensive side. So. Um, I don't know. I, Alabama's you know, they, they, they They dominated last week against Mississippi State, but everyone saw that coming after the close loss to Tennessee. I mean, yeah. they struggled though, right? The one-point win over Texas. Um, even Arkansas, I, mean, Ar- I mean, Texas A&M 24-20. It's going to be 249.
0: Uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, let's mm-hmm. keep it moving. We got the NFL. Matt, we talked about the Eagles ad nauseum at the beginning. Obviously the listeners will know what happened on Thursday night between the birds and i almost called them the bees. but so between the birds and the Texans, is there a game this weekend? There's some that are pretty close lines. Is there a game that you're going to throw on and really be excited when it pops up on red zone? Cause you're a big red zone guy.
1: I'm a big red zone guy.
0: What are you excited yeah, for?
1: Yeah. Um, so the Rams and Buccaneers, is a fascinating bat- matchup to me. Two teams that are that are going the opposite directions of how they thought their seasons would go, both desperately in need of writing the ship, right? And neither making any moves at the trade deadline for – and the Rams, from what we know, tried desperately. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think the Buccaneers – I have way more faith in the Buccaneers. I think their defense is deeper, not necessarily better, right? They don't have Aaron Donald, but deeper, even with Shaq Barrett out. Um, against a Rams offense that is shaky at best, with Cooper Cup who may or may not play, so I am that to me it's an intriguing game because both these teams desperately need a, a win. You know the the Buccaneers don't really need to win because their division stinks. And I think they still win it, yeah. but from a from just kind of a PR standpoint, right at this point, Brady needs a, a W. He can't lose four in a row. That just doesn't happen. It, he doesn't lose three in a row. So that one's really interesting to me. But I think the other one that um, and it happens all the time, right? Is the Titans visiting the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. The Titans have really righted the ship over the past couple of weeks. They are they're five and two, right? Mm-hmm. With some good losses, all things considered. Um, and they're going to, you know, Derrick Henry has been just an absolute monster so far this year. Already, it's almost eight hundred yards rushing. So I, I think that's an intriguing matchup for the number one seed last year, right? Who loses to the Giants and Bills to start the season and has won every game since. This is a big game for them. Um, to try to say that hey, we're for real because no one's really talking about the five and two Titans, right? People
0: yeah, it's are talking and about and teams that have spread. for two t- and two, I, five and two teams uh, in the NFL. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think that's too high. I I, I like the the Chiefs. They're my, I do too. They're my AFC pick still, even with Buffalo. Um, and honest, honest to God, I, I would struggle to confidently say the Eagles would beat them in the Super Bowl. They, I think Patrick Mahomes is so talented. I think he's learning his new weapons. You've seen Juju come out of his shell a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see when – but Kadarius Tooney probably won't play, but they're they're kind of figuring it out. They don't have a great defense, though, and it has the ability to get beat up, and Derrick Henry is, when, at times, close to unstoppable. So I, I think that's probably the more intriguing game for me of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's It's interesting to see what happens there.
0: It is going to be really interesting because I think you're right. I think the Chiefs have now gotten into that. You know it's insert this player until it's not whether that's Tom Brady or another athlete in a different sport type of mode of you know they look kind of sluggish at the beginning of the year they randomly lost the Colts and now you know they're coming off the bye week it's Andy Reid off a bye we know that from his time in Philadelphia and it has not changed in the 10 years that he's been in Kansas City and uh I mean but 12 and a half points is Fucking absurd, especially with a 45 and a half point over, which just seems it's normal in the NFL, but it seems low for a Chiefs game. That means they're thinking they're going to bludgeon the Titans. And I think they have a lot to prove and they want to come out and make a statement kind of similar to that Raiders game on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago, where maybe the Titans come out hot. And then Mahomes and Kelsey just connect. Maybe not four touchdowns connect, but they connect. They figure it out. Michael Hardman gets off, gets a little spacing. He goes off. You know, and and see what they can do there. It is really interesting because they are such a defensive team. The Titans are, but I just I, it's hard when Mahomes is just such a good playmaker.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you make make a good point. Um, I can't I believe the Seahawks are att- still still underdogs. Uh, they have the oh they have the Cardinals this week yeah, right Cardinals. well it's a bit, man, right? this divisional, is game. divisional game though on the road post call duty I think the Seahawks are flying high I broke them I think the Seahawks are flying high I don't know if they have the talent to sustain you know it's no disrespect to Geno Smith and yeah, they've got some offensive playmakers Kenneth Walker's looked really good Tyler Lockett's perennially underrated right. That defense Army though has some. That's true, and the defense has some holes, right? Um, I think. I think the. I think Vegas is saying they, they, the Seahawks are too. They're almost too hot right now.
0: Um, hot I mean, it's,
1: it's almost a coin flip though. Yeah. Right.
0: So it's very. Uh, I forget what their record was when they lost to the Seahawks, the Eagles in the Super Bowl year, where they were something and one. They were like nine and one, and it was. I, yeah. think, I think they might have even been underdogs, but it was kind of. It was a Sunday night football game. He kind of went into it being like, you know what? This might not be the week. And the Seahawks won that game. And then the next week's when Wentz get hurt, and the rest is, the rest is history. But, yeah, I, I can see what that's you're true. saying. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, the Monday night game, uh, Ravens – Ravens-Saints. Ravens only two-and-a-half point favorite. Saints three and five, but we know the talent that's there, sadly for his career at this point, like Michael Thomas might not play again this season after yeah. coming back and looking pretty good. He, he's really, I mean, you feel bad for him. Um, he can't seem to stay healthy, but he's, uh, yes, he's probably out, which yeah. stinks. Um, Was it right of the season, Saints but, uh, you know, to
0: ask for so much for Alvin Kamara?
1: I'm a little surprised they asked so much because A, he's a running back, but B, he's got a huge salary. Yeah. And that salary – this is a team that's been kind of in a cap purgatory for a little while when you think about some of the defensive guys that they've signed to big deals. They've got some dead money. Some of the offensive guys, they've struggled to kind of be in a good cap spot. So a little surprise. I think they feel like they've got a – they do kind of have an older roster, which is why they were picked by some as a dark horse to go far, right? They kind of have an older roster, though, that's probably built more to win now. You think of like a Cam Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins – Mark, Marcus Lattimore, Lattimore uh, Marcus Lattimore, excuse me. Marshawn was the running back for yeah. South Carolina, but um, you know, so yeah, they, they weren't, but they, but they weren't able to re-sign their, their excellent left tackle in, in Toronto Armstead who ended up going to the Dolphins. Um, so, you know, they're going to, so they've got some dead money issues, um, some cap issues. So I, I think they think he's super talented. I think he is. I think maybe he's a, taken a quarter step back. He's still an elite pass catching back, but, you know i'm not a running back guy so i would have said no. yep go for it i think <laughs> i think the four i think the panthers got way more than i would have given up to christian mccaffrey yeah. and i know how talented he is but he can't stay healthy like that that was a shocker to me so uh, yeah I, i've got very little interest in trading high high level picks for a running back
0: yeah so we we'll, we only have a couple minutes left but there was all the grades because the trade deadline was incredible and if we could do the full the full show we'd have the whole breakdown for you the audience but th- Most of them were like B, B plus on both sides of the trade. Not really a lot of C's, a couple A's. One of the said A's was the Panthers. And one of the non-B's was a D for the the 49ers. And this came out after the trade deadline. So after Christian McCaffrey threw, caught, and ran in for a touchdown, which tells you exactly what Matt was telling. So Matty D, expert in that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I, and again, he's super talented. So, you know, if he's healthy, he's a weapon, but hasn't been able to do so. And, you know, I think he's going to thrive this year there, but there's a lot of money left and it's the 49ers team this, that's this paying is a, go a lot for broke. of money.
0: They're, they're a, go for broke
1: it's move. a go for broke move. Right. Um, but you know what? And and the Rams will obviously wouldn't trade it in, but you're seeing the negative effects of, of moving all the draft picks is you don't get the depth
0: the, and a Lombardi, you don't get, though, So,
1: and so that's the hard part, right? Yeah. How do you fight against that? Yeah, no, I, um, that, that was a really good move. Yeah, I thought the trade deadline in general was awesome this year. It was I know fun. We don't have a ton of time like you said, but yeah. It was I mean, fun. the Claypool move. I think I think the Ravens, the Ravens getting Roquan Smith is, is a steal it's so, it's in a so way. That's huge. so necessary. Again, not a huge linebacker guy, similar to like the running back situation, but he's really good. I know yeah. and I but I also think the Bears made a good decision to move off of him and bring Claypool in because they've got to support Justin Fields. I totally agree. They're not going to win you're not going to win with your defense in the NFL anymore. It just doesn't happen. You, totally you need to have agree. a good one, yeah. but you're not going to win a, 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 a season. You're going to win games. A season with the defense, though. Yeah. we've seen the Buccaneers have a great defense. They're three and five. So exactly. Um, yeah, I like liked a lot of the deals, though. You know, obviously, we talked the Robert Quinn deal was wonderful. Yeah, up um, a fourth round pick. You probably overpay a hair yep. for last year's production, but it's it's necessary. A, a somewhat of a go for broke move. Um, yeah, watch out for that Kadarius Tooney move, and also watch out for Niam Hines going to, um,
0: to the Bills. Going out
1: to um, the Bills. Yep. That is such a quietly good pickup for them to a, pa- a weapon out of the
0: backfield. Totally agree, Matt. But we got to wrap up. Everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart and Fun V Tailgate. Subscribe to the bullpen cart. Search it wherever you get your pods. Follow us on social media. All that good stuff. Matt, thank you. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Go Phils, Go Birds. And have a great weekend.